Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited to be here with you guys today. We've got a special treat for you. Some may consider it a ground floor opportunity for you to be listening to this episode. But before we get to our very special guest, I would like to check in with my co-host, Dean Holland. How are you today? Always, always amazing when I hear that introduction, of course. And it's amazing to be here with you, James, obviously. I thought you told me that you had instituted a policy in your office that upon entry, the trumpet fanfare had to be played. In the office and at home. Okay, good. So we're we're operating on all cylinders now. (laughs) Indeed we are. So I'm not sure if if this show, Just the Tips, has made a difference in anybody's life, but at least for (laughs) Dean, now he's being announced the trumpet fanfare everywhere (laughs) he goes. And so we could say there's one major success story from this show. (laughs) And so, so Dean, <laughs> as you know, somebody else who probably should get trumpet fanfare upon introduction, we're joined by Ray Higdon today. And Ray has told me he's got a special ground floor opportunity that he wants to pitch us. Uh, as you know, Ray is part of the, the network marketing community. And so just, you know, fasten your seatbelt, be polite and listen to, uh, <laughs> listen to Ray's pitch. Well, welcome to the show, Ray. Yeah, guys, you know, I'm real excited to be here. And boy, what an opportunity for you two as well. absolutely we're beside ourselves with our enthusiasm for what we're going to get ourselves into here yeah yeah the big question we'll be answering is do you know at least two people that's the only question that's the most important and we'll move on from that ahead of this show i uh i made a list of all the people in my circle of influence knowing that it would be a good idea for me to have some some names to like get other people on the phone for us to also present the ground floor opportunity that you have for us today (laughs) And I know James, so if I speak to him first, before he goes off and speaks to everyone else, then we're all, we're all good. Yeah. No, no, Dean. Uh, I've already prearranged with Ray that you're going to be in my downline, <laughs> um, not the other way around. Like, don't, don't start playing games with me this, at this stage. Too late. Of the game. To the Too late. Yeah. So in all seriousness, Ray Higdon, for those of you guys who don't know Ray, he is probably the single person that I know who changed the way that I look and feel about network marketing. In a world full of people who are constantly telling you to just go browbeat your friends and your family, and you know that's like a good way to sell an idea, Ray has come at it from an entirely different approach, totally above board, and actually teaches network marketers how to really market and how to sell as professionals. And I just think that's the coolest thing, somebody making a difference for a lot of people and all of the people that have to listen to those people. So, Ray, we really are super happy to have you here today. I guess one of the questions that I want to know the answer to is, how did you get started in network marketing? Did you get pitched by somebody that you knew? And like, so we're sort of joking around by that, but it might be true. Yes, 
Not in the way that that is maybe what most people think is is typical. So me and a partner were buying real estate properties and we were buying low income rental homes. So houses in the ghetto and renting them for cash flow. And he came to me one day and he said, you know, hey, my wife is doing this, you know, this thing with this juice and, you know, you should check it out, man. You can make money with it too by telling people about it. And he wasn't pitchy about it because that's just not in his nature, but Even though I had never been in network marketing, I had a negative stigma about it because I'd been approached 500,000 times and all of them promised this and were hypey and just just slimy. And so I'm like, dude, I'm I'm real estate, man. I basically played the I'm too cool for school game. And then we were at at some kind of event or something. It wasn't a network marketing event, but he introduced me to someone and said, yeah, you know, this is the the lady that's rocking it and she's doing 8,000 a month. And I'm like... 8000 a month? You're doing 8000 a month with this thing? I wasn't aware that that was even possible. I thought it was like, you know, people making very, very little money and, um, you know, 8000 a month. And I, I was thinking, I'm like, dude, we have to have millions of dollars in real estate to make 8000 a month in passive income. And this person, no one's going to slip and trip on their juice and sewer. No one's, you know, no pit bulls surrounding the juice bar. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, you don't have to evict people or deal with drug dealers, which we at that time had to kick out three drug dealers already. And we were making like less than 2000 a month as far as passive income over and above the principal interest taxes insurance. And so I looked at it and I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> and unfortunately, I wasn't very, a combination of things. Actually, I should say fortunately, because I'm, I'm actually grateful for it. I was too cool for school to get like coach and learn how to do it the right way, which is different than how you may perceive it. And I'll I'll explain. And that the upline was, how do you say this? uh, Terrible in that she was so controlling. And so like, like I did things (laughs) kind of wacky and I did things a little differently. And she hated that because you had to follow the system and although there was some wisdom in, in, in what she was trying to get me to understand, her approach was just so bad and, and just demeaning and derogatory and just, just nasty. And I just, I'm glad for that because it forced me on a different path. So I started treating network marketing like sales, right? Because I'm like, all right, you want me to sell this kit? I'll sell this kit. And so I started selling the kit. And I just didn't grasp the power of you know, mm. really the, the whole industry, which is duplication. And so I thought, you know what, I'll just be a really good salesperson. I'll go out there and get people and they they may take off, they may not, whatever. What I didn't understand is really not using charisma, personality or persuasion, but more utilizing tools that people without charisma, personality or persuasion could also use. That's the the real power. And so uh, I went through a bunch of different companies where I, I, you know, did the same thing, just brought in people and, you know, made, made some money, not a lot. Until I really got that idea and became the number one income earner network marketing company that at the same time I had lost all my real estate holdings, had lost, had been in, I was in personal foreclosure. And um, so I really had not as many options as I once had and became the number one income earner network marketing company I joined while I was in foreclosure, got to over $50,000 a month, uh, did over a million dollars with that company. And, you know, now we, we coach and train the, the profession. So serious question, Dean, have you ever, uh, have you ever been in a network marketing company? So I think network marketing was maybe one of the first things I ever attempted to do back in 2004. And it was, I remember it actually, it was for like a, a hosting provider. And I think, I think I could get like $1 a month passive income for every person I introduced to this hosting company. And I was like, 
I don't even know what a hosting company is, but I like the idea of getting rich just by sticking things to walls as I pass by the streets. And so uh, that was my, that was my attempt to uh, to network marketing. I was uh, I printed out a t- like hundreds of pieces of paper with like this URL on them, and I just literally went out into the street and I started sticking them everywhere. And I was like, I'm going to be rich now. I, I want to make a point though. I want to throw something out there. Dean, was that one of your first kind of deals in going into business? It was the first thing I. Ever this done. is exactly my point, right? So so many people, so many established business people, and and even regular folks with, you know, they don't own business, you know, they get approached by network marketers and it's, yes, it's usually terrible. It's usually hypey and spammy and you'll be rich tomorrow without sales and you don't have to tell anyone, but you'll be rich somehow. And, and it's just terrible. But network marketing is really, it, for many people, it's a gateway business in that it's a lot of times the person that was cutting hair or driving a bus or, you know, a mechanic or whatever have always worked for someone their entire life, and then they, they see the dream of, of having their own business. They don't know what they're doing. They, they haven't read a book on sales or marketing, so they get into network marketing, and then the entire profession is judged by their actions. Someone who's never read a book on sales marketing, someone who's never read negotiation or persuasion. And so here we're taking these people that last week never been in business in their entire life. Now we're saying, well, how come they're not better at what they're doing? Well, it's only because you're being exposed to them. And, you know, network marketing is the lowest risk, lowest overhead way for someone to start a business, and which is good and bad. You know, it is, it's kind of bad in that someone can start with so little experience and do things so, you know, oddly or strangely. But I just see it as if they're trained properly, it's a great profession. Not for everybody, but it's a great profession. Well, I think that's a really good point because the truth is, I think it was one of my gateway things that I did as well. Like, uh, I think maybe 2003 or so, like I, I did Herbalife for a little while and, you know, nobody told me, nobody told me how, how to do anything. They were just like, here, go sell this. And I, I had sort of had the same approach as you, but I wasn't nearly as advanced in my sales strategies or anything at that <laughs> point. And I was just like, all right, well, I know if I just go out and I sell this, then supposed to be like good things are going to happen. And I sort of lost steam because I didn't see the results, but it definitely got me thinking on a certain path. And I think that's sort of why I've I've never like judged it or dismissed it. I've said, well, now it's not for me because I'm doing other things. But I love, and so here's an interesting story. Two or three months ago, a good buddy of mine, we go up to New York every summer to watch some Mets games. And we have this one guy, his name's Juan, and Juan is our driver who takes us from Manhattan out to City Field, right? And Juan finds out that like, you know, I make money online, I do all these things. And then I look like, you know, like, and he says, well, you know, can you show me how, how to make money online? I'm in this network marketing company. And I was like, no, I can't show you because I don't know how to pivot you from where you are to where I am. But I do know somebody who does. And like, that was a really great way for me to give him value was to say, hey, go check out Ray's world because Ray helps the people who are beginning, helps the people who don't have all that business experience, and even some who do, quite frankly. But I feel like you've got a special bridge that you help people cross from wherever they are in whatever thing, as long as they have some level of desire to make money for themselves. And so it's like just, I don't know, sort of a testimony for me to say, okay, cool. You know, this guy doesn't have a lot of business experience, but he goes through your programs and stuff, then he can start making some real money with network marketing and maybe not have to drive Uber. Even though, Juan, if you're listening, I fully expect you to drive me to City Field every time I come. Well, I, I thought you told me, and maybe you were just fluffing my ego here, but 
Patton Juan like heard of me or something like that? Like I yeah. So we're in this Uber and he's like, oh, like I, you know, I'm in network marketing and I just said, oh, I know somebody who's a really good trainer to teach people actually like good sales and marketing strategies for network marketing. His name's Ray Higdon. And he almost like smashed into the car in front of us. He's like, wait a second, you know, Ray Higdon. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're friends. And he's like, oh my God. Then the fact that I knew you just took me to a whole nother level. It was, it was quite remarkable. Yeah. Well, one, I'm glad you're safe. Thank you. And uh, two, I just uh, appreciate that. So one of the things that I really want to know is, you know, because a lot of our listeners, I think, are more of your uh, non-network marketer entrepreneurs. However, you guys absolutely know how to crush it when it comes to recruiting, generating leads, closing sales, like all that stuff. And for me, that's universally applicable no matter what kind of business you're in. So what are the things that you think, you know, you're, uh, you're teaching these beginners that are really great fundamentals that the rest of the entrepreneurial community could really benefit from? Yeah, great question. You know, one I would say is uh, posture in that a lot of times, you know, when people in any, in any industry, we can allow negative people or skeptical people or cynical people throw us off our path. And it's something that, you know, posture is the belief in what you have, regardless of external acceptance or approval. I didn't have to have everyone around me agree with, you know, me doing network marketing. I didn't, that wasn't a requirement. You know, I was going to go do it with or without them, would love to do it with them. And so having posture in what you're selling, you don't need to sell everybody. And I spend very, very little time with people that are cynical or skeptical. And I teach our people to do that same thing. So, you know, people will come to me and they'll say, you know, my brother-in-law thinks what I'm doing is total horse crap. You know, how do I turn him around? And I say, you don't go, you know, make tens of thousands of dollars and don't worry about it. You know, go focus on other people because there's people, no matter what you're selling, there's people that are looking for your solution, whatever that is, and focus on finding them versus trying to turn people around that are convinced not to understand you. And so that would say, I would say that's number one. Number two would be, you know, how we've really built our business is just mainly through free content that leads them to other things. And so, you know, we've, I've been blogging, over 3,000 blog posts since 2009, I think. Uh, yeah, 2009. And so we put a lot of content out there. Um, there's a concept that uh, I think, I'm pretty sure you know him, uh, John Lee Dumas, when I shared on, on, his, uh, on my interview with him, um, he really liked it. And that's called ILT, Invest, Learn, Teach. And so probably, if you're listening to this, you probably uh, read a lot of books. You probably go through different courses. You probably attend different events. And like most people, you take some notes. And that's what most people do. Well, we teach our people, take those notes, convert it to online content, do a video. And it's not plagiarism. Say where you got it. So if I go to a, you know, a Tony Robbins event or a Joe Polish event or something like that, you know, I'll take the notes that I get and I'll shoot a Facebook Live around that. We may convert that to a blog post or whatever, but I'll take my notes and share them. It's, it's funny to me that people will sit through a three-day event and then they'll be like, well, I, sh- I know I should do videos, but what should I talk about? And it's like, well, you just, didn't you just write a whole bunch of notes? Couldn't some of that apply to your audience? And obviously it varies. You know, sometimes you're, you're sitting in an event that is teaching things that, you know, isn't for your necessarily audience. So there you just need to immerse yourself in your profession. So get trade magazines, get books around your topics. If I was, you know, wanting to be a weight loss guru or whatever, 
I would be studying all the latest diets and just share my opinion on them on a video because they're hot. People are looking for them. And that's how I would attract people to me and then get them to reach out through a call to action and, you know, get them into my world and, and hopefully keep them there if that's if that's what I wanted to do. And so I would say, you know, um, putting more content out there is is key. Uh, having posture, absolutely, and just be focused on the long term. I think one big difference that I think more Internet marketers and, and standard business people can take away from is the key to to network marketing success, you know, we've coached people that have teams of 700,000. I got a guy right now, Jeff out of Tennessee, he's got 500,000 people in his team. Uh, Nicola, 300,000 her first year, not her first year, but 300,000 now in her team. The key difference is thinking transactionally versus community. And so most marketers and most salespeople, they think transactionally. How can I make a sale? How, how do I, what's my earnings per click? What's my this and that? Those are all good things to think about. We think about community. We think about how do we create a community, just like Russell explains in Expert Secrets. He does a great job of explaining culture in Expert Secrets. And how do you create a community of people that want to be a part of it? And it's an ongoing thing. People love it. They feel good being a part of it, not just a transaction. And so I would think that's something that more people can take away from that. Russell's definitely adopted. I don't think he's always had that, but he's adopted it, which is awesome. And that's how really successful network marketers operate, too. Well, and that's and that's awesome. And and so for you guys listening, like you should you should understand that, you know, after and I want to talk about this in a minute after Ray pivoted from actually being in a network marketing company to the company that is running today, your company's what been on the Inc. 5000 the last couple of years consistently growing like, am I right about that? Yeah, uh, last year is the only year we actually like, you know, put in the paperwork for it. And we did. We were number uh, 754 as far as one of America's fastest growing companies. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And that was for our coaching and training business because uh, uh, we did sell our network marketing position to focus on coaching and training the profession. Just so it was a tough personal choice, but um, that's that's what we decided to do. Well, I, I had to make a tough personal choice when I chose to do this podcast with Dean. So I totally relate to yeah. that sort of thing. It's we're st- I'm still not sure whether that was a good decision or not, but we're, we're here. You know, you can only keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you end up stuck with Sometimes a man with a very distinguished stuck, British accent who also has a <laughs> remarkable beard, which is okay. <laughs> Dean Holland. So I think that's uh, no, I think that's really amazing, though, because those are concepts that the transaction versus community, where so many people that I know in the internet marketing space and quite frankly, just in the business space at large, are focused on transactions. And all of the people that I see who have businesses that are just solid and stable and have a great base of fans and a great audience are doing exactly what you're talking about, about building community. I think, I think with, with how, for, for my version of it, like with how things have evolved socially online, a lot of people I see that are just kind of stuck in, in their old ways that like you just say, they're, they're seeing people as a number rather than people as a, as a person. And I think that just plays perfectly into like the community. You're seeing every single customer, every single person in your yeah. world as that person and not just a number, not just a digit on the subscriber list or, you know, a person in that community or group. So one of the uh, one of the other things that sort of is is part of that to- that whole topic is you, one of your first info products that really took off and helped a ton of people was this thing called three minute expert. Right. Yeah. That's sort of your your whole philosophy around that positioning and and everything is to you know have a very methodical way of showing up as an expert in the area and for all the people that you're trying to serve so maybe you could talk about that for just a second how it ties into 
ILT and, you know, the other concepts that you're just sharing? There's two quotes that I really like that really sum up our thoughts on marketing. And that is Steve Martin, be so good they can't ignore you. And uh, Jason, Jason Freed or Fried, I forget, uh, out teach your competition. And so those two quotes really drive how we think about, about marketing in that, one, you want to be an authority, right? Like, I just, I, I don't understand. Like some people, they're just like, I'm just going to cold call. And it's like, cold calling is something like, okay, if you have to do it, like I could cold call if I had to do it, right? I've trained people how to cold call. I've trained uh, insurance, real estate, and, and network marketing and coaching uh, sales floors on, on how to do that. But to me, cold calling, if that's your long-term strategy, it means it's your admittance that you're just not going to improve your marketing intelligence. It's like, I'm too lazy to improve my marketing, and so I'm just going to cold call. And, and it's not even like easy work. It's like hard. So if we understand that cold calling being the, the lowest, like I'm too lazy to learn marketing approach, then you want to do marketing. And if you're going to do marketing, you want to be positioned as an authority. Why not? Why not have people that want to hear from you? that want to reach out to you. And there's, you know, there's several different ways you can become an authority. You can, you know, in some cultures become a doctor, you can become a lawyer, you can, you know, become a judge or, you know, there's different things. The easiest way and fastest way is to become a teacher and for you to just teach people things. And so if I wanted to dominate candlestick making, I would start shooting videos on how to craft candlesticks, right? On how to get the wicks the cheapest, on how to how to structure cool bases. And so I would just look at what are the questions, what are the problems, what are the struggles and the, the angst around candlestick making. And I would shoot videos covering all those different things in a systematic kind of approach to get them on our list where we raise them and escalate them to, to different things. We would have a candlestick making workshop. We would have special, you know, kits where they get glitter in their candlesticks, whatever. And so, you know, just... Can I just say, this doesn't appear to be the first time you've thought about this business. Weirdly enough, it actually (laughs) is. I'm not going to (laughs) say. You know far too much. You have two subscribers right now. Dean and I are both ready to start candlestick making. Like I'm already ground floor. Um, but anyway, so uh, you know, I would just want to become the authority. And if I if I take those two quotes, be so good they can't ignore you. So what does that look like? That means I identify who are the big dog. Like who's the the you know the Don Kings of candlestick making? They're out there. Those mafioso candlestick makers. But how do I get their attention? How do I get them? to want to feature me on their amazing podcast? Uh, how do I get them to want me to speak on their stage, to speak to their clients, to talk to their customers? How do I be so good I get their attention? And you can do things like the Dream 100, which my man Dana in the other room talks about. But um, you know, you can do things like Dream 100, and I suggest that. That would be more of a, kind of a prospecting kind of nature. Um, but I'm talking about like creating content so that the, the big, bigger authorities want to pay attention to me. And that's, you know, I just um, last week got asked, I'm going to be speaking on stage with, uh, again, with Tony Robbins and for the first time with Pitbull, right? I'm going to be on stage with Pitbull. It's crazy. Um, that's in uh, Vegas here in a few weeks. And it's, it's just by having this concept of I identified, okay, who's got larger audiences, larger communities in my space? How could I get their attention? Be so good. They can't ignore you. And then for the rest of the population, out teach your competition. So if, if my competition is, is doing you know, lots of videos, we do videos, podcasts and lives. Right. And so we just look at how can we effectively, efficiently dominate the space with education, good education, good content to to help people out. And that's how I would think if I was going into any niche. 
How can I dominate that niche by being by educating more than anybody else? And that sort of is, I wouldn't say controversial in the internet marketing space, but to a certain extent, people are like, oh, you should just be, you shouldn't be teaching too much. You should just be selling, you should be marketing, and then you only teach people after they've already paid you something. So like where where have you drawn that line? Because your your community's strong, your following's big. And you're adding a ton of value to a lot of people. So like, where do you think maybe people have gone a little bit too far with that idea that, oh, we shouldn't teach till after somebody pays us some money? You know, I, I just think it's a huge mistake. So if I te- if you teach like hardcore and teach a lot of stuff, will there be people take advantage of it? Definitely. Okay. But there will be more people that I believe there's more people out there that if they just knew you were good, if they just knew you knew your stuff that they would get into your world and they'd be willing to pay to enter that world. But if I limit myself because, you know, short arms, deep pocket Sally over there is just going to consume my free content. You know, I don't want her to consume my free content. I don't care. I mean, I remember, um, I haven't looked at the stats here recently, but uh, years ago I looked at our email stats and we had um, uh, 200,000 people on our email list and about 19,000 had bought something and we're over a few million dollars a year back then. And so that's okay. (laughs) It's all right. Um, It's okay for people that aren't going, I don't care if people ever buy anything, right? If I can get them to share and I'll tell you a a funny story. I think, I think I've shared this with you, James, but we ran an event back in 2013. It was our first kind of major event. And so we, you know, we live streamed it and I had a lady reach out to me and she said, Hey, you know, times are tough. Is there any way I can get a discount on the live stream? Now, my live stream was 200 bucks. And I'm like, 100 bucks, right? You know, because I was just like, okay. And so she pays the $100. And, you know, I just kind of forget about it, whatever, right? She got live stream. And so during the event, I saw that we had four big coaching transactions because uh, we were selling coaching. And we had four big coaching transactions, you know, happen. And they were all in Saskatchewan, Canada. And so I'm asking my staff, I'm like, where are these people? You know, like, where, where are these Canadians? We have four people in one city buy a $20,000 coaching. And I'm like, where, where are these people? And they're like, they're not here. We've looked for them. We've looked at the name tags. They're, they're not here. We haven't, we've never sold tickets to these people. And I'm like, very strange. Like, they didn't buy live stream. They weren't live in the thing. But they somehow bought four of them, $20,000 each right? So 80 G's. And so I'm like, I'm really confused, man. I'm really confused. And so we reach out to him the next week and say, Hey, uh, how did you buy? Like, we, we, where did you even come from? Like, we, <laughs> So that girl that I gave a discount on the live stream held an event, charged 20 bucks a head and had people come in there. These four bought from live stream oh, wow. in her event. No way. She charged 20 wow. bucks a head for and had 20 people in there. She made money on the deal. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just an example. Like, you know, someone that may be beating you up on price or someone that's not willing to pay your full price or something, like, sometimes that can lead to, to awesome things. And so in that, in that scenario, paid a hundred bucks, made us 80,000. And actually all, let me think about this. Three of the four renewed a second year. One of them upgraded. And then... Two of the four. So three of the four continued a second year. Three of the four continued a third year. So me saving her a hundred, me giving her a discount of a hundred bucks, that probably made us two hundred thousand dollars at least. 
at least 250,000, right? So like, you know, it's okay. It's okay for you to, you know, sometimes you, you may have someone that's not willing to pay full price. Sometimes you may have someone that's never willing to, to pay you ever. By the way, the girl that ran the event never hired us. That's okay. Totally okay. So I would just start to think differently. I think there's a lot more people out there that they're cynical about, do you know your stuff? Then you should worry about are going to use you for free. And so I, that's just how we think. We're like, you know what? We know people are going to consume our stuff and never buy stuff. Like some people, certain percentage. That's okay. We're looking for the people that want legitimate answers to their problems. And we will find the people that are willing to pay. And, I, and I, that's just how we've done it. So I would worry much less about teaching too much. I would worry what much more about people not knowing who you are or not knowing how good you know your stuff. So be willing to share some of that stuff more. So, Ray, I think that all of this stuff has been very good coming from an unbearded, naked-faced man. Um, so thank you, for, uh, thank you for sharing that wisdom with us. Although, I can only imagine what your community would be like if you had the wisdom and manliness of a beard. Uh, Dean, what do you think about that? Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it changed my life. You know, it's weird because I started growing it out. And I remember I was at the grocery store and this you know big bulky guy came up to me and he's like, he's like, hey, uh, Joe, right from CrossFit? I'm like, no, no. And then like, you know, I just, it just, you know, just created a persona that I was uncomfortable <laughs> with, you know, and then I, I had to keep telling <laughs> People of the female persuasion. I'm married. It got a little out of hand, to be honest. It's uh, it's a it's a cross to bear. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, and you know, some some guys just aren't ready for that step out of pubescence into manlyhood. And it's okay. Like I don't I don't judge you for that. I mean, I just want to give hope to those who are facially hair challenged, uh, facial hair challenged people um, that you know you can create a successful business and not look like a caveman. So, you know, like that's, that's just like what, you know, that's why I'm, that's a, that's the main message I'm trying to get out there. That's why we're called just the tips. Like we give all the goods on this show. We do. Yeah. Well, not all of them, just the tips, Dean. Like you, you got to be clear about that with people. Come on. We don't want them getting the wrong impression. And, and it's, and that's totally cool, Ray. Like I, I, uh, I, I, I mean, you have built a great business and I'm just offering you a consideration with the opportunity cost for that business and for the market you serve is by not, by not having a beard. And it's it, like, I don't like you any more or less, you know, we just do think less of you. That's all. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I realize, I realize the challenge. Yeah. When this isn't the first time we've talked yes. about it. And so it's okay. I I'm, I'm here for you. You know, when you, um, when you want to take that step into the next evolution of who you are, Dean and I are both here to support you. Yes. Just listen to the music. Focus on the music. I got there at the end. Very subtle. I'm like, wow, this is persuasive. It's like an undertone. Well, I, can, I can't confirm or deny that there's subliminal messaging going on in this show. Okay. Most of our audience yeah. is now bearded. Women too, strangely enough. Like I didn't anticipate that happening. We have an 80% woman listenership. All, all eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, are we up to eight listeners at this point, Dean? I don't. I didn't know it had gotten past. Mom. Well, it's Dean. Yeah. Dean's mom. I don't think my mom's listened, so we can't uh, count her in yet. I'm working on it. Sending her the direct mail pieces. Yeah, she's on my dream 100. She gets a package, an opportunity package. You know, at least every three weeks. Yeah. 
she uh, she didn't recognize me with the beard at first, and so that caused you know that caused delays, and you know it's, it's a whole. Thing. Hopefully, she didn't think terrorism, but you know, let's just say that I don't know that she didn't. <laughs> cannot be confirmed or denied. Yeah, we're we're not uh, we're not going to confirm anything here. So before we go, what is the worst network marketing pitch that you have ever listened to? Wow. Yes. Question, James. Thank you. Oh man. And before you answer. Yeah. Oh, you reached a whole nother level yeah. and no beard either. Yeah, well man, that's, we made um I mean that's that's a tough one, honestly. I've heard so many bad ones. I mean, I think anything that is a pitch of how little you have to do to how much you can gain. And so anything mm. like that, I just I just cringe, I just hate it. I tell our people, don't use the word easy. Like, don't even use it. Say, you know, and if someone says, well, how soon am I going to make money? Say, well, what if it takes five years? Right? What's, what's your, you know, this is to create passive income that will pay, you know, you, you keep at this. You can create a residual income that covers your bills. And you're going to be able to do that in five years? Just curious. Is your current plan going to get you there? Most people, it's not. Most people would still be at the job they hate. Most people. And I realize there's, you know, very upper echelon entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, possibly. But um, most people, <laughs> five years from now, they're in the same situation or worse. And so I tell people, hey, say, hey, you're going to fix it in five years? Like, I would much rather someone have the expectation of at least a year, two years, five years, 10 years for them to create financial freedom than for me to say, oh, it's so easy. You should totally jump in. You'll get this and you can come in at this. So I just, anything that's pitches. It's super easy because the truth is no business is really that easy. You got to grind, you got to wake up, you got to overcome obstacles. You're going to get punched in the face, you know, sometimes, you know, physically, sometimes, you know, just literally or whatever the other word is. But, um, you know, sometimes that kind of stuff happens. You're going to have to overcome obstacles. There's going to be days you want to quit. There's going to be days that suck. And there's going to be days where you're struggling with technology and you want to, you know, smash your computer. There isn't anything easy about it, but it's worth it. It's worth it. You building a business, whether it's network marketing or not, that will help you better feed your family, better you know experience the world, and better give to you know if you want to your communities, your charities, your churches, whatever. And um, so I think just anything that's like it's so easy. Like I I heard okay I got one for you. So I did hear and I use this in some of my spoof videos. I did hear someone say, guys, uh, you don't need to sell a darn thing. You just need to know where to locate people that buy. <laughs> right? And it's like what? Right. It's just sharing. You just got to find people that can buy. And it's just like, you know, the, the it's like it gets worse and worse and worse. The worst, you know, it's just like now you just wake up and roll out of bed and now the money magically comes in without you talking to anybody. So anything that's easy, easy for massive gain, I would steer clear from. And that's not just network marketing, um, although a lot of that happens in network marketing. Well, and do you think uh, do you think a lot of that belief and attitude comes from the fact that it's not easy being a Colts fan? Like, where do you think that comes from? Is yeah, that- I mean, I'm birthed in fire, man. I yeah. mean, we, we, like right now, and especially this year. So my son goes to Florida State University, who are uh, winless at home for the first time since 1974. So the real debate is, could the Colts beat the Seminoles? And I'm not sure. I'm not positive. So could a pro team beat a college team? Both suck. It may just implode. And the audience just, you know, just be bored to tears. I don't know. Part of my... Uh, stoicism, obstacle is the wayism, is uh, because I'm a Colts fan. 
Yeah, that's amazing. It's uh, it's it like you said, it's forged you into yeah. who you are today. Like you know who totally fails at network marketing and business in general is Patriots fan, right? They're right? so used to yeah. winning. It's just so easy. It's just 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 wins just are poured upon you. And so you know, Boston peeps. I mean, they usually struggle in business and 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 in life. Well, that's right because you know, and they, and all the people there just don't believe. Like you really have to you know play football. You just have to find a way to walk with the football into the end zone. That's right. That's right. And that's really that's really all there is to it. It's very very easy. <laughs> so, well, uh, Dean, uh, do you have any other questions for Ray Higdon while we have him here? I'm um I'm I'm good for questions. I think um I think Wong just comment just just for all those that potentially are you know still jaded by the the network marketing concepts. Like I think you've made it very clear by disallowing the word easy why you've stood out in this mm-hmm. industry. And I think that's definitely something for everybody to take on board, not just network marketers, but internet marketers in general. I think that is a key takeaway yeah. here. That's a really good point. I think a lot of people say internet marketing is easy. I think a lot of people say a lot of people say a lot of things are easy and it's not. Like anyone who's telling you it's easy, I'm pretty sure hasn't actually done it. Right. They've uh, they've read the shiny brochure and been like, oh, That's this true. is going to be easy. <laughs> so Ray, um, I know you've got uh, you've got a fantastic community people yeah. uh, called Rank Makers. If people want to uh, be part of your world, is that a great way for them to do that, or is there someplace else that they should? Go yeah, I would say uh, if you're not a network marketer, then um, you know what's wrong with you. You're going to hell. No. Oh, here it comes, everybody. <laughs> You're really missing out because you get two and they get two and they get two. It's so easy, guys. Seriously, all that crap I just said. Um, if you're not a network marketer then and you want to check out my stuff, you certainly can. I do absolutely cater to the network marketing niche, um, but you can, rayhaven.com. You pr- you might get some laughs because we, we, we're basically half comedy, half training. And then, um, but if you are a network marketer, I would suggest checking out our community, Rankmakers. Um, it is a private community. Uh, you can check it out at rayhigdoncom forward slash Rankmakers. I go live every single day in that group to give an action step and to give a training. We started it in July. Uh, we have, and it, it is a, a paid you know community. Uh, we have a monthly option and uh, currently a lifetime option, although that's going away. And we have uh, 6,300 people in there since ju- first week of July. And uh, people from all over the world, people in all different companies, and we just have an absolute blast in there. In fact, we just got our results from our first activity tracker. We launched an activity tracker. Last week, we had 9,883 people prospected, 362 new customers, 159 new reps, 29 people rank advanced, with three of them rank advancing more than once. And that was one week. So we're pretty ruthless and relentless about driving numbers. We're big on stats. We want to do stuff that the industry has never done. And so we're taking this group. We want to create the highest producing group inside of network marketing. And uh, we're taking it. We're not just looking for, you know, who's going to buy our stuff or the applause. We're looking for actual statistics. So I want to be able to say, hey, last month we brought in 87,000 customers. Like I want to be able to say that kind of stuff. And we made the first step toward that uh, last week, actually. That's amazing. Those numbers are amazing for a week. Like when you yes, think yeah. about all the yeah. people in last week, that's cool. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's super cool. Congratulations on that. So, so listen, you guys, you want to check out more about Ray, go to rayhigdon.com. If you are in the network marketing community and you want like an amazing support and training structure, go to rayhigdon.com forward slash rank makers. Don't hold the fact that Ray doesn't have a beard against him. He really is a good no. guy. Like just, just give him a chance. In fact, uh-huh. that's a special link we gave you so that when they go there, I have a Photoshop. Like, I actually, 
I've always got to know how to talk to your audience. You know what I'm saying? So if they're coming from a bearded podcast, you probably should send them to a bearded page because that, you know, that makes sense. Segmentation. That's a great, that's a great move. So, so, uh, so you guys will see Ray with his beard when you go to that page. Ray, such uh, so awesome having you on the show today, man. I, you're one of my favorite people. I really appreciate you being here. Sure. Dean, just keep the trumpets going, man. I'll try. These people around me will learn. I hope so. Anything, uh, anything else from you guys before we call uh, no, I just, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, we joke around, but, uh, you know, James, I've known you for quite a while, came to my 40th birthday, which how cool was that? Was it awesome? Epic. Epic. The dan- we, we, There's no video along with this. There was a dance-off that we have, may or may, we may or may not have taken video of. It's in a vault somewhere. I'm telling you, it was probably <laughs> one of the best things I've ever seen. It was okay. <laughs> and uh, Dean, it was such a pleasure meeting you at the Inner Circle. And I look forward to seeing, you know, if there's anything I can do uh, to help support you and your uh, British conquests. <laughs> He's on a crusade. Dean, uh, just yet another British man on a crusade. But now you have, uh, you know, two bearded friends who will encourage you to become the third. And we're there for you. Yes. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Great having you on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're wrapping up here today, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.